0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. Moral of the story, all in. All in. All in. That's why I'm wearing this jersey this morning. You get it. Okay. All in to be totally committed to something all in, maybe... Maybe you've heard this expression, and I think it originated with, with poker, not that we encourage gambling, but the whole poker thing is when you, you think, you, when you push all your chips across the table and you are all in. Be all men means to put everything you've got into something all in. That's our focus this morning as we continue our series, The Moral of the Story.
1: Well, good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us here at the historic Everett Theater. Those of you who are joining us online, Facebook Live, we are so glad that we're here together. I just want to say thank you to Hannah and Brenton for bringing the music. And did you all know that they're engaged? That's a pretty big deal. Another match made at Connection Church. Yes. so Um, I'm Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for gathering us here in this place and and online that we would be one in you. We give you this time, settle us in, remove any distractions so that we can be focused on what you would have to say to us today. We pray this in your name. Everybody agreed and said,
0: Amen. amen.
1: All right, kids, do you have your whiteboards? Yeah. All right, we've got a lot for you to do today. Can anybody not have a
0: whiteboard? Put your hand up, please. I mean children.
1: All right, kids, first of all, put your name on the whiteboard. And then after you put your name, put the sermon title, It's called All In. So write All In and your name on your whiteboard.
0: All In. We've been there a couple times. When I went from teaching to insurance sales, we were... All in from a guaranteed paycheck to a paycheck based on commission. Um, you better believe we were all in.
1: <laughs> so we had just had our first child, Erin, and she was a couple of months old when this decision of this job change from stabil stable paycheck. Did you say civility?
0: St- <laughs> stable <laughs> oh, paycheck stability. to
1: a commission sales paycheck occurred. So here Alan was in a new job supporting our new growing family on commissions. We were all in, all right. All
0: right. And then several years later, when, um, when we were both serving churches and going to seminary and, and raising four kids, now a friend from another insurance agency offered me a position part time with them while going to school and serving the church. But for me, I'm not good at splitting my attention. I'm, not, I'm just not a good multitasker, so it was going to be all or nothing. Either I'd stay in insurance sales or I'd be in a church world and, and, and going to seminary and all that. And so church world won. We were all in. Challenging as that was going to be financially, we were all in.
1: So the question today is what about you? What about you? Are there times in your life when you've been – all in, where you've had to make a decision to put it all on the line when you've needed to decide between this or that, when you have had to throw caution to the wind and choose, make a choice one way or the other. There's a lot of things that cause us to need to make those choices, to do this or to do that a choice to play it safe and cautious, or to risk it all? Have you had to make that choice to be all in or not? All right, kids, write on your whiteboard. This is the scripture that we'll be preaching from today. It's Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. So write that on your whiteboard. And then after you're done... Draw a picture of Jesus teaching other kids. Jesus teaching a group of
0: kids. And so, our Bible passage for this morning, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, focuses on this idea of all in. Check it out. Jesus shares this For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money.
1: And so here we have another parable. We've been preaching on parables for the last few weeks. A parable is a story that tells a greater truth. Once again, Jesus shares with us a simile. Say simile. 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 All right. So we learned that when we were back in uh, high school or maybe middle school. I'm not sure when. A simile is a comparison that uses the word like or as. In a parable, in this, um, he says he uses a familiar story, something that everybody can relate to, to give us a glimpse of the unfamiliar, a glimpse of God's world, God's kingdom, a glimpse of things like the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of heaven is like.
0: Now, according to Bible scholar William Barclay, a talent... In that day and time, the use of the word talent here, it wasn't referring to obviously some ability like we would and it wasn't referring to a coin like it might seem but actually it was a weight. And so the value of a talent depended on the metal that was being weighed, whether it was copper or silver or gold or whatever. Now the most common was silver, a very valuable metal then as it was now, as it is now. And the value of a talent of silver in that time, would have been about 15 years wages for a working man. One talent. And so two talents would have been 30 years worth of wages. Five talents would have been 75 years worth of wages. Can you imagine? And so this man traveling, who's, who's entrusting his servants with, with uh, this money, this guy is traveling to this foreign country was both quite wealthy but he was also quite trusting with the amount of money that he's putting into the hands of those with him. Kids, complicated assignment. Draw three people with money, okay? Two of them invested, let's just say they invested, we'll put it in in a bank for, And the other one buries it in the ground. Can you draw that? You pick the banks. Pick one that gets the best return, okay? Yeah.
1: So we're told that the man entrusted his money to his servants, each to their own ability. That's the thing to remember, each to their own ability. He wasn't expecting any more from them than they could deliver, that they were capable of. But, but he did trust them, trust them to their capacity to do what they could with his money, to get the best return for the money in his absence. And so the first two men, one was entrusted with two talents and the other with five, they invested wisely and they got 100% return on investment. Now that's not bad. Not bad at all. The other servant who was entrusted, uh, the one with the least ability of the three, at least by measured by what he was entrusted with, which was one talent, he simply buried the money in the ground, fearful of risk, not willing to step out and to take a chance.
0: The story continues. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he would receive five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord.
1: He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord. You delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord.
0: And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with with the bankers. And and at my coming, I would have received back my own with, with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents.
1: For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. That's rough. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So when the owner returns and finds the two servants who took a chance, took a risk, invested what he had given them and doubled his money. He knew that they were faithful that uh, to what he had entrusted them to, and he entrusted them with even more. The other servant, he hid the money, getting back absolutely no return from his master. And knowing that the master was a hard man, fearful of repercussions, that's what this guy was, he just didn't want to take the chance. And unfortunately, with this particular master, it's use it or lose it. Can you say that? Use it or lose it. The money with which the man had been entrusted was taken from him and entrusted to those who had risked more. So with this particular master, sitting on what you have is failure. Doing nothing is failure. Merely breaking even because of fear is failure. So kids, we have a question for you. What are you good at? What are you good at? For instance, are you an artist? Are you a dancer? Are you good at math? Are you kind to others? We would like you to write down two things that you're good at, a talent that God has given you.
0: And so back to the story. Jesus Jesus tells his audience, in this case the disciples, that what he's described here in the story, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. God wants us to take what we've been given and do something with it. He doesn't want us to fearfully sit on it, fearful that we might not measure up, fearful that we might not get a return on our investment, fearful of losing what we're given. God gives us talents, in this case, um, abilities abilities things that we're capable of, and gives us spiritual gifts. And God wants us to use those gifts, use those talents for his glory, for the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to step out in faith, to take a risk, to be all in. Say all in. All in for the kingdom. God wants us to use what we've been given for his glory and the benefit of others. He wants us to use it or lose it. Take the chance. Go all in. Like in the story, God wants us to risk it all for the kingdom of heaven. Putting it all on the line, risking and possibly losing isn't failure in God's world. See, in God's world, breaking even is failure. All in. That's what God wants from each of us to be all in. Kids, on, uh, um, on your list, write, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it.
1: So, this is not the first biblical story that we read in the Bible. That's redundant. Biblical story we read in the Bible. That deals with being all in in fact the bible is filled with such stories think about noah noah was all in he started building an ark on dry land when there was no rain people thought he was crazy but he was all in think about abraham abraham was all in when god told him to leave his country his people, his father's household, and go to the land that God would show him. He was all in. There's two people I'm going to mention right now, Elijah and Elisha. They sound the same. Elijah, Elisha was all in when Elijah called him to be his mentee, and Elisha, a farmer, threw himself a going away party. He burned his plowing equipment because that was a demonstration, an example of showing God he was all in. There was no turning back. Over and over and over, we see in the Bible examples of God's people. And I see examples out as I'm looking at you now of God's people, God's followers, God's servants going all in for God and for God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. All right, kids, draw a picture of you and Jesus together. A picture of you and Jesus together.
0: So here's the thing. God is all in. God is all in. What could be more all in than than giving us the choice whether we want to love God or not? In fact, it's almost crazy, isn't it? And yet... God gives us the option of saying yes to the relationship that God offers or saying no. And all too often, we keep wanting to say no, 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 no. And when we say no, it breaks God's heart. It kills God for us to say no. When we reject God, when we say we want to be our own little G God, when we think we know better than God, when we turn away from God, when we allow ourselves to be ruled by ourselves, rather than I ruled by the creator of the universe. It kills God when we do that. And yet God entrusts us with that choice. That's how much God loves us. And he loves us enough that when we stop saying no, when we actually say yes, God shares all of God's glories of his kingdom with us. All the riches he has. God allows us to tap into his incredible power and might when we say, yes, yes.
1: So we want everybody to really listen up right now. God's ultimate all in is his sacrifice of his one and only son. His one and only son, Jesus. He allowed Jesus to exchange his perfect life for imperfect lives. God allowed Jesus to hang on a cross to die, allowed him to pay the price that we could not pay. For the sins that he didn't commit, for the sins that we did commit, allowed him to suffer and physically die so that we might live. That's what we call all in.
0: And so the kingdom of heaven is an all in kind of place. God's all in, and God wants us to be all in. To use what God has given us for God's glory and the benefit of those around us. To invest it, not to bury it. Our time, our talent, and our treasure, all in.
1: There's a guy named Mark Batterson. He's a, an innovative pastor in a multi-site church in the Washington, D.C. area. We, are, we follow him. We learn from him. And he wrote a book called All In. We didn't know it until, like, yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. We'd already written the message. We'd
1: already written the message. But when we found this book, we want to share some of his words found in the overview. They are powerful words, all in.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he even wrote that. I think somebody who wrote about this book, but it's just telling what's in it. The gospel costs nothing. Amen? Amen. He can't earn it or buy It can only be received as a gift, as a free gift, compliments of God's grace. Doesn't cost anything, but it demands everything. It demands that we go all in, a term that simply means placing all that you have into God's hands, pushing it all in. And that's where we get stuck. Spiritual no man's land. We're afraid that if we go all in, that we might miss out on what life has to offer. It's not true. The only thing we'll miss out on is everything that God has to offer. Say that again. The only thing you'll miss out on is everything that God has to offer. And the good news is this. If you don't hold out on God, God won't hold out on you.
1: No one, no one has ever sacrificed anything for God. If you always get back more than you gave up, Have you sacrificed anything at all? The eternal reward always outweighs the temporal sacrifice. At the end of the day, our greatest regret will be whatever we did not give back to God. What we didn't push back across the table to him. Eternity will reveal what's holding out, that holding out, is losing out.
0: The message of All In, this book All In, is simple. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. Let me say that again. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. It's all or nothing. It's now or never. Kneeling at the foot of the cross of Christ and surrendering to his Lordship. Is a radical act of dethroning yourself and enthroning Christ as king. It's also an act of disowning yourself because nothing belongs to you, not even you.
1: Patterson writes, for many years I thought I was following Jesus. I wasn't. I had invited Jesus to follow me. I call it inverted Christianity. And it's a subtle form of self- selfishness that masquerades as spirituality. That's when I sold out and bought in. When did we start believing that the gospel is an insurance plan? It's a daring plan. Jesus did not die just to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous.
0: He died to make us dangerous. (laughs) Wow. So, question of the day. Are you living for Jesus, or are you asking Jesus to live for you? Are you all in? Investing what God has given you, investing it in God's kingdom, laying it on the line, risking even, or are you playing it safe? burying what you have in the ground, so to speak, afraid to step out in faith. Are you all in? Are you all in? Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692, Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.